Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Tommy Spurt. Um, played at Preston North End from 2016 to 2019. Retired due to injury. Um, had a hip replacement and since then I've been a bit of coaching and uh, teaching at a college as well. So I try keeping myself as busy as possible. Tommy, thanks very much for taking the time out of your day to do this. Much appreciated. Um, I think before we get into sort of your career and and everything that you did from a footballing point of view, the only place we can start really is to talk about Rio. Um, it must have been absolutely heartbreaking for you and your missus to sort of find out, obviously the um, the diagnosis when it when it came. Was it sort of a stomach ache or something? I read that it started out as for him. Yeah, um, so back in April, it was kind of <clears throat> standard sort of bath night, as as we call it, and we were, we were running around with his little brother on, on landing and kind of just said, oh, my tummy's hurting, and had a little feel of, of his right-hand side and uh, where he was pointing and a lump on his side, and oh, that's not that's not right. So we took him to the doctors kind of the, the next day and, um, he kind of thought of constipation or a reaction to his um, preschool jabs. So we kind of didn't think much else of it. Um, and then a few days later, he started vomiting quite bad through the night and it carried on the next day and it ended up just being back bile. Um, so we took him to A&E. Um, cut a long story short, they thought it was a twisted bowel, so they were going to transfer us to Manchester Children's Hospital anyway, where he'd have surgery for that. We got there and they quickly told us that it wasn't that and they thought it was a, a big tumour in his kidney, um, which obviously just turned our world upside down. Um, from then, within when a week I'd been told that, he was starting starting chemotherapy following scans and biopsy and to make it even worse, the told us that from the scans it, it spread to his lungs as well um, Jesus yeah uh, that was back in April wasn't it that he was diagnosed yeah, yeah. how's mm. he how's he got on sort of from, from April to now <clears throat> so he had six weeks of chemotherapy um, where he had an extra sort of chemotherapy drug because of the the um, the lung metastases that, he'd ha- that he has Um and then he had surgery to remove his right kidney and the tumour. Um, and prior to his surgery, scans had shown that, that his, the tumour had shrunk quite considerably. Um, 
think it was about eight centimetres by eight centimetres it was in his kidney, which is massive on a three-year-old. Um, when you think about the size of eight centimetres in a circle kind of thing, it's, it's huge. Yeah, it's it's um, a fair chunk, isn't it? Yeah, so that had, that had shrunk. So we're kind of, I don't know, just trying to take the positives of that. Um, but then following his surgery, um, they kind of told us that his type of cancer cells, like the histology and pathology, they call it, um, his type of cancer cells that were diffuse anaplasia and, and blastema cells, which are basically classed as very high risk um, and are resistant to treatment, to chemotherapy, meaning obviously his chances of surviving are a lot less. Um, yeah. And... From then, it's kind of we got told he'd have to have a more intense um, regime of chemotherapy and radiotherapy as well. So that's kind of where he's at now, where we're preparing for his radiotherapy in in sort of t- uh, sort of ten days' time. He starts his two week course of radiotherapy. So um, yeah, it's it's just it's just your worst yeah. nightmare as a parent. Honestly, I can't imagine. Um... I don't know if I mentioned to you, but I've got a, a little boy. He's I think eighteen weeks old. He was on Sunday, um, and we—it's. I mean, it doesn't even compare. But we were in hospital with him for a month because he was seven weeks early. Um, so <laughs> that was bad enough. I can't even begin to imagine what you and your missus are going through, and obviously nice. uh, Rio's little brother as well. Yeah, it's like like you say. It's when when it's your own own little boy or own kid like that you've been through it's you you're petrified because you'd do anything for them and when you're in this situation you just feel like you're helpless and you can't we can't do anything to help him other than try and make every day as normal as possible for possible for him and try and make him feel like he's not different than any other three-year-old um because he's a clever kid he knows that something's not normal and we keep going to hospital and we're explaining things to him to a point but it's just it's just like living in a I don't know it's like you're just trying to get through every day because it's just, you, you, you take it one day at a time don't you uh, yeah. I know when when <clears throat> Finley was in the intensive care unit at Royal Preston it was like you just we didn't know what to do other than just go and be at the hospital and be with him and just watch yeah. him be cared for. Um, so, yeah, mate, my, my thoughts and my condolences and <clears throat> everything that you're going through, it, it must be horrendous. And like you say, when it's when it's your own children, I think, you know, like, obviously, before Finn came along, that I'd have been sympathetic. But I think having now become a dad, I think it, it hits you a little bit differently. It hits you a bit more. Um, so... Yeah, I can't even begin to imagine what you're both going through. Um, what what are you doing in, in the way of fundraisers and, and things like that at the moment? I know you've got something coming up in September, um, but is there anything else that you're planning as well? Yeah, well, like this is kind of anyone that kind of knew or followed me before kind of all this went on, know that probably knew that quite a private, person i weren't big on social media and twitter and stuff and this has kind of been the difficult thing for me and my wife that 
we're kind of opening ourselves up and sharing things that perhaps we wouldn't we would never want to share but unfortunately if we, if we want to give Rio the best possible chance of surviving we need people's help and we're kind of having to open ourselves up to sharing Rio's kind of journey on this because we don't know where it's going to go um, and the treatment that he's having now is everything the NHS has got to offer um, so if it doesn't work we want to be prepared that we can go to wherever we're still in the process of finding out exactly where because of the rarity of what he's got. There's not too many options. So it's taken a little bit more time to find out exactly what he could try if this didn't work, what he's on now. And then even if he is cured, it's one in two likely to come back, which means obviously we want to be prepared for that as well because if it does come back, there's nothing that yeah. really the NHS can do. And you'd be exactly the same. Like, even though you're hoping for the best, you want to, I, I want to be prepared for if that does happen, we can go, right, well, we're going there. And at least then, if I didn't do it, I couldn't forgive myself that we'd not tried for him. He deserves that chance. And yeah. in terms of fundraising, we're just trying to do everything that we can. And, I think in Ribchester on the 11th of September, um, be a good day out for the family if if people want to come. Um, yeah. It'll be it's a charity it's a charity football game, obviously for Rio. Um, you'll see it on my Instagram and Twitter in the next sort of couple of days, where there's a lot of ex Preston players and Blackburn players playing against Ribchester Rovers um, on the Ribchester Park. Um, which will be a bit different to the usual charity game, but that's kind yeah, of what getting, we wanted. Getting Rovers and North End players together as well. Yeah, <laughs> but there's you know, it's going to be a good turnout. There's like, um, who's playing? Julian Beckford, Neil Mellor, Chris Sedgwick, Welshie, um, McKenna, David Ayres, David Lucas, Ian Bryson, uh, Graham Atkinson. It's a really good turnout. So Yeah, there's um, some good names there. Um who else? Chris Humphrey. Um, yeah, there's it, more and more. But I think he's doing a little bit. He's more coaching, I think. Yeah. But uh, it should be a good day. It's like there's kids' rides and uh, food, drink, everything going on. Yeah. It's, it's free to enter. Uh, if you want to donate, there'll be places where you can donate. Um, just basically, we wanted it to be about <clears throat> family rather than a stadium and or a yeah, ground yeah. and we want it to be all inclusive because at the end of the day, it's about a three-year-old little boy. It's not about some has-been footballers. Do, do you know what I mean? We want it to be <laughs> yeah. about, about Rio and be involved in a day and go on rides and watch the football, not watch the football, whatever they wanted to do. So that's the reason why we kind of wanted to do it local, where we used to live as well. It means something to us and yeah. they've been great in organising it. So that's kind of the next thing that's... That's coming up. Should be all right. I think like a few lads are a little bit nervous. Like like me, I ain't done anything since I finished, and neither have they. So <laughs> I think I've seen a few of them actually training for it. So the Ribchester lads will be playing week in week out, won't they? Yeah. So I t- <laughs> roll, roll like, on, roll off subs. Yeah, it's three thirty minutes. Um, right. They've got three teams. Um, so, but no, it should, it's, 
it's just trying to put something on for everyone. But obviously, if you can come, great. You can donate even better. That you know, we try to put something on for everyone, so there's no charge to. Come. You haven't already, so. Yeah, well, I mean, like like I said, I'll I'll try my best to get down, and uh, anyone that's listening, I'd, if you're not doing anything on Sunday, the 11th of September, then get yourselves down. Um, we'll there'll be stuff all over social media, I suspect, in the coming days. Um, but as far as like your concern and your career, obviously came through at Sheffield Wednesday, but yeah, were you sort of always into football? Was that one of them things where you just I'm a young boy, I want to be a footballer and when I played for your local team or how, how did you sort of start in football come about? Yeah, it's kind of your stereotypical little boy really in terms of always with a ball. My dad played non-league so I was always going to football with him and and um, on a Saturday and stuff and then <clears throat> started at my local, local team when I was seven. Um, just enjoying playing and kind of didn't really think anything into the future just enjoyed playing football and every time I went out had a ball with me and stuff like that it was just just one of them but then Sheffield Wednesday came and watched us when I was 10 and from then joined joined there and, and played there all the way through the academy and again I didn't really think it was going to be a job or anything like that it was just enjoyed playing football until probably 16 when it kind of hit me that oh, this is getting a bit more serious. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I know some players that I've spoken to in the past that have come through academies. When when they make that step into the academy, they, they sort of almost inadvertently start putting pressure on themselves like mentally because mm-hmm. they're like, I want to be a footballer. But it sounds like you were the complete opposite. And I know again, some some people when they join academies, they tend not to enjoy it that much because of the pressure and the the sort of rigidity and the structure and everything like that. But it sounds like you were just the complete opposite and just still enjoying <laughs> playing football. Yeah, I think, to be fair, I think it was a lot different back when when I was in the academy kind of thing. I, I think it's different nowadays to what it is back then. Um, so the amount that you train and perhaps how many kids are actually involved within of an age group is is probably a bit different but no like I say until like year 11 at school and and reaching his UCCs and then being told whether you got a scholarship or not it was kind of like all right okay now it's a little bit more serious like I'm gonna leave school and go play football as a job um and that's when it kind of hit me that right okay it's not that I weren't not that I didn't take football serious, but it was kind of like the situation and my opportunity is a little bit more serious now. I'm not far away from actually doing what I probably always wanted to do and just play football as a job. Yeah. Um, I know you got the player of the year in the academy, 2004-05 season, was it, I think? Yeah. How, obviously, you've just spoken there about how it only really started to hit you when you were in the academy and you'd signed your forms and whatnot that like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is this is a job now, like this isn't just being Again. A kid, being in the academy. <laughs> what what was that sort of 
when you when you won that player of the year award are you, are you then thinking like yeah i've got a pretty good chance of going on and, and making an actual career out of playing football or were you still just like i've enjoyed my football this is the the sort of the end product of that and whatever comes next comes next i think at that point at um so I, that was a, I was like that was the end of my first year scholar that when i, I got the Academy Player of the Year. Um, and I'd been involved with the first team a little bit. I'd been on the bench once and trained. I trained quite often with the first team. And even then, it didn't seem... Weirdly, I know this sounds really strange, but it didn't seem real still. And I'd just go and train. And I'd, like, I'd, I didn't have any fear in terms of training with the first team. Like Some lads come up and kind of go in the shell. Where I went kind of the other way and... Like if there were a tackle there, I'd go through someone. Like I remember uh, an, an old striker, Lee Peacock, used to be at Bristol City and you know, quite a big guy. Ended up just smashing his, his elbow across my head because I'd gone through him a couple of times and I think I were out of it for about 10 minutes. But it was one of them, like, right, OK, this is like man's football now. Yeah. It's, not, it's not kids, so I kind of had to... It, it, it was a learning thing as well um, that I can't just go around kicking people. Um, <laughs> but no, it was, it was one of them. I, just, I, I always worked incredibly hard and I think that kind of carried on even more so when I trained with like the first team and yeah. that got recognised that I worked really hard and I was honest, which a lot of managers like. Were you, were you always a defender? So up until 15... 16, I was a centre midfielder, believe it or not. <laughs> um, I think and they then, do say, though, don't they? It's easier to, to move backwards in football. Oh, than to a move lot easier. <laughs> further up the pitch. Um, yeah, they kind of said, look, we're going to give you a scholarship, but on the basis that you're going to play centre-back. So I was like, right, OK. So even though, like I said, I didn't, I, I didn't make out as if it were that serious, but I kind of realised that and that, okay, I'm not good enough at the position that I liked. And I kind of had to learn a new position, but I kind of took to it really well. It was kind of natural for me to be a centre-back. Um, and I played all that way through through my academy time and then reserves as well, played played centre-half with sort of the pros back then because it were, there were no 23s or it were pros that played with you in the, in the reserves. So, no, it was... <clears throat> Again, just picked it up really quickly and worked hard at stuff that I perhaps didn't didn't do naturally as a centre midfielder, like heading and position stuff. But I worked really hard at kind of getting better at that stuff. But that was natural for me to kind of do that. Um, I think they say, don't want. they? Um, is it talent gets you in the door, but hard work gets you sort of... I can't remember the second bit of the saying, but whatever it is. Hard work gets you that bit further on. Yeah, well, not kind of people always say this but like I'll never claim to be like the most gifted footballer in the world but I worked hard on a lot of people um, and I'm not ashamed of, of that fact and I'm not doing myself disjustice I just worked really hard I made sure I was fit as I could be um, and worked hard at what I weren't good at and I that earned me a, a good career as as a professional footballer, which I've got no regrets of, of how my career went. Man of the match on your on your first team debut as well for Wednesday against Reading. How how was that? 
tiring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that, that, I, I would imagine that step up to the first team from what you'd been uh, used to was like light years apart, wasn't it? Yeah, because they'd won, Reading was, it was the year that they'd won the league with 102 points or something. And I remember studying tunnel not, next to. Not, not just any old season then. Oh, I remember studying tunnel next to centre half called um, Ibrahima Sonko or something like that. And it, it must have been about six foot eight. It was built like a brick, what's it? And I'm this skinny little 18 year old. like, And I got shunted out to left back. That's how I started playing left back. After five minutes, the left back went off injured. So I got shunted out to left back because right. <clears throat> I could run. Yeah, yeah. I could I could run all day. Like I weren't quick, but I could run all day. And then that's how my career as a left back started. So I had to learn that on the go as well. <laughs> so not only did you go from centre mid to centre back when you joined the academy, on your first team debut, you go from centre back to left back. Yeah. That's where I found out I had a long throw. I didn't even know I had a long throw. <laughs> not a bad, not a bad thing to have in your uh, arsenal. To be fair, well, it probably got me a couple of moves. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> um, you worked with Gary. Me- well, I say you worked with Gary Megson. Gary Megson came to Chef Wednesday while you were there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've listened to the episode that you did with Parky and Brownie, and yep. I think it's safe to say you weren't his biggest fan, were you? No. Um, I think that's a polite way of putting it. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's one of them. Like Some people have said, oh, I'm bitter. No, I'm not bitter about how I left Sheffield Wednesday. Not one little bit. Like I love the club, but my my issue being there's a way of dealing with people and he was basically a, a bully. Um, but that style of management, was it was long gone. It was was never going to work. Hence the reason why he got sacked from Sheffield Wednesday, and then he's not had a job since. Like, has he not? Has it been that that long? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's had. He's never had a manager's job since. Yeah, maybe a coaching job or that style of speaking to people and threatening and blah blah blah. It's just it's you can't you can't work like that anymore. No. Lads, lads are completely different to what they were. 15 years ago. Yeah, game's um, moved on, hasn't it? Yeah, it's a different type of character that you're dealing with now in terms of which lads are coming through. Um, and if he'd have just sat down with me and said, look, I'm, Tommy, I'm not having you, you can leave, I can accept that. Like, all right, okay, that's fine. I know where I stand, I can go. Whereas leaving a 22-year-old who loved the club and played 200 games for him, confused and etc., not knowing what, what to do never been in that situation before I don't think for me personally anyways the best way of dealing with a situation and making you train and not train and not come into training when you've been part of kind of the furniture for however long since eight years old it leaves you sort of not knowing where you stand then doesn't it and yeah I guess in in any walk of life you want you want people that'll be up front with you and not sort of bullshit you and yeah, yeah, you, right. yeah. You just want honesty, don't you? Really? Yeah, like there'll be lads at at North End that that you that you like. Some players you like. There'll be some that your mates might not like. That's just opinions of football. Like, do you know what I mean? Everyone's got a different opinion, and yeah, I think same with a manager. You most can people accept. know my opinions that are listening to this. <laughs> do you know? well, not a lot of uh, not a lot of them agree with them, but 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Though, like some yeah. people like it, some people don't. That's life. Like, yeah. if you if you get told where you stand, you know where you are, and you can move on. That's fine. But when you mess about with someone, that's that's not right. Yeah, I think. Do you, would you, would you look back and say that you were sort of in a transitional period of football, in that the start of your career was the end of one sort of period, and then as your career went on, you were part of that change in football yes because you've gone yes. from working with someone like gary megson who like you've just said was was a bully to working with someone like alex neil at north end at, nah, uh, definitely but not. You, you look at those two characters those two types of managers that you've had at the start and at the end of your career and you've you've seen it all haven't you yeah i think like i said it was a it was that transitional period of when you know couldn't do initiations and stuff it was like I was kind of the end of that kind of period um but I say I think in a way looking like now looking back with hindsight and stuff it did me the biggest favor for my career leaving Sheffield Wednesday because I got the chance to go somewhere else and completely regroup in terms of my mentality and I'd got gotten stronger in terms of how I dealt with situations in my head and um, working under Sean O'Driscoll was just completely different to anything I'd ever had before. Improved me as a player, I think. I think after that, I had sort of the best sort of spell of my career. Uh, leaving Sheffield Wednesday, they had sort of the best sort of five, six years of my career in that spell. Um so in a way, it did me a favour. So, <laughs> were you a Wednesday fan, or are you a Wednesday fan? Yeah, yeah. So it must have been tough, like you said. You essentially part of the furniture. You'd made two hundred odd appearances, and you're just being bombed out by some fellow who, in in all honesty, wasn't there very long, was he? No, and I get he's a like Wednesday fans loved him because he was he was a Wednesday fan. He played for Wednesday, and like I think great respect to him he was a, a very good player and all that but as a human being I think not for me yeah so you've obviously you've touched on Donny and working with uh, Sean O'Driscoll how sort of defining for your career was that period at Doncaster do you think massive massive um, I've gone from a certain a way of playing a struggling sort of Wednesday team where we struggled to stay up and I'd only known one way of playing, which was basically turn teams round and get get up the pitch, give it to your wing. I don't really overlap as a fullback. And it was kind of, I was limited in terms of how I played. Um, but then going to Doncaster, it was all about keeping the ball and possession. And it wasn't, not that it wasn't bothered about results, but it was, just interested in how how well the team could play and how how well he could keep the ball and I think at one time under under Sean they were known as like the Arsenal of the North. Um, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, that I, kind do. Of saying, I do. He used, yeah. to, he used to pass teams off the park and I remember playing against them and you just couldn't get the ball off them. So when I went there and the training, I was just I was thinking, oh my god, I can't do this because it was that that much different to what I'd been used to, but. After after a preseason, as soon as the game started, I felt like I, I can actually play. Like I can handle the football. I can 
pass. I can do this, that, and the other. So I think that that brought out sort of a, a side of you as a footballer that perhaps you didn't know you had. Yeah, definitely. In terms of going forward, like as a fullback, um, I didn't really used to cross the halfway line at Sheffield Wednesday, um, but because that's how I was taught. I was taught to give it to Jermaine Johnson, who could catch pigeons. He was fa- fastest man you've ever seen. And he just used to run at people and that was my job done. And then... Just, just work the halfway line and yeah, do your defensive yeah, back, work. and Yeah, back uh, it up. Um, the saying, the saying uh, he, he's, Tommy's probably got a nosebleed was probably said around Hillsborough a few times if you ever cross the halfway line, yeah. I imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I'd have said it to myself. Um, <laughs> Um, it was great going to Donny. Brilliant. So was it under? It was under Sean, wasn't it, that Donny got promoted? So Dean Saunders came in in my first season, and we got relegated. But then the year after, we won League One. I know, obviously, you said it with Parky and Brownie, but <laughs> what what was Dean Saunders actually like from your point of view? Because everything you hear about him, and obviously, people listening to him on the radio, he he just sounds crackers. Absolutely yeah. nuts. Honestly, though, like, again, it's it's how people are with you. With me personally, he was always brilliant with me, but he liked people that worked hard. And if he worked hard, he'd, he'd give you your kind of props and your respect. Um, but some of the stuff he used to do was hilarious. Like, it was just so, so off the cuff and out there. Like, you just... We'd all just be sat there laughing. And was it? I, I can't remember if it was. I, I think I'm sure it was Dean Saunders where he, he brought a load of like prizes into training. Yeah. And uh, it might I might have heard it from Parky or Brownie, probably Brownie, uh, on under the cosh. But yeah, like giving away like golf clubs and stuff like that. Yeah, he used to. So on a Friday, he used to do young be old and give you marks out of ten. So if we had an away game, he'd He'd pretend he was like the local reporter, like from the Doncaster Press, and like he'd tap microphone on front of a bus and he'd give you marks out of ten. And he'd play on the old team, and he'd be like Saunders, ten out of ten, um, levels above everyone. And he'd be like about <laughs> Brown, he'd be like Chris Brown, six out of ten, stretching too much, like always stretching, needs a foam roller or something like that. And for me, he'd be like works hard. Tommy Spur, five out of ten, works hard, <laughs> like, but nothing else. <laughs> Just runs. Yeah. Um, but he once brought a racehorse in as a prize, a share, a share in a racehorse. So they, they had this, like, I don't know what he was, like, something to do with work to the club. But he was only about five foot two. And one Friday afternoon, he comes riding in on, like, a horse, and we're like, what's this? And they're like, oh, this is the prize today, lads. Like, Jesus. We're what? like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, I've, I've, when he was on TalkSport regularly, I got to a point where I thought he talked so much shit here, I'm, I can't listen. I was doing my head in, but he did have his funny moments. Um, yeah. He, 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 even just listening to him on TalkSport, you could just, he was massive into his horse racing, wasn't he? Yeah, he's... Know, like old school um, obviously it's about part and parcel of perhaps football in, in his kind of era but 
no, it was for 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 all the kind of outrageous stuff that might have been there. Some of his points and coaching points and stuff really helped me personally. Um, it was very simple in terms of how he delivered his coaching points. Like some coaches try and do it, like try and like mesmerize you with all these. Do, do you understand what I mean? They try and make yeah. it sound more fancy than what it is. He, he'd he'd just use, like, use posher words and all that. Yeah, he'd just be like, and... this is what you do. This is it. This is this. This is that. There you go. And you're like, all right. Yeah. Like, and in in some ways it was it was very good he's obviously played at a top level so he knows what yeah. he's talking about yeah uh, do you think that promotion then do you think that was sort of all down to Dean or do you think it was maybe a little carryover from what Sean had done and what he'd instilled in you all and how he wanted you to play and then maybe Dean uh, coming in was sort of like lifted the lid off in terms of like maybe the pressure or like, no, how, think, how did you find the transition to obviously then go on and get promoted? Because when when Dean first came in, he brought in El Hadjouf, Pascal Chimbonda, loads of these just ridiculous names, and kind of got rid of all Sean O'Driscoll's players that had done so well for him over a number of years. And then at the end of that season, when we got relegated, we only had I think eight signed contracted players. So Dean Saunders recruited and brought in some really good lads. Um and I think he ended up so in that season that we got that we won the league, he got he actually left in January. We were top of the league and he left in January to go to Wolves. Um so Brian Flynn took over with Rob Jones who was the captain. And basically it was he did recruit some really good lads in terms of characters and I think that's what ended up getting us through because we had that much of a tight-knit group and just good lads basically that knew the jobs knew the roles and we ended up ended up going up so yeah it, it wasn't really Sean's team it was Dean's team but right the lads in it kind of dragged it through yeah yeah Brownie being one of them yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, is that where the the bromance began? Yeah, you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was that? What was that on on the under the cosh thing about him? He should have been your best man or something at, at no. your wedding. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> he's he's talking nonsense. It'd be nah. I couldn't. I'd never trust Chris as your best man. If you had to choose, Parky or Brownie? Brownie. <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation. Nah. Um, yeah. yeah, obviously, talking of Brownie, you ended up at Rovers together as well. How did you move from Donny to Blackburn <clears throat> come about? So I was actually out of contract at Donny after we'd won the league. And they were saying to me they wanted obviously me to stay. I'd played every league game that year that we got promoted um, and they they were, they were in the process of getting taken over so they kind of said to me wait and we can offer you a better deal so like okay yeah fine like so I went back to pre-season was that, anyway, cut long story short was that takeover was was it Louis Tomlinson was it, it was, supposed yeah. to be part of yeah. it 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, remember, I remember that. Not. Um, yeah, it was a bit strange. But anyway, it got to like the week before the start of the season. So I'd done all pre-season and I still not had anything in front of me. So I kind of were like a bit, ooh, a little bit on edge. But then Blackburn got in touch with us and said, have you signed a contract? I said no. And they had offered me a two-year deal with an option of a third. So uh, Don is still not put anything in front of us. So I went and did the medical on a Wednesday and then as I came out of the medical, Donny offered me a contract. Um, more money than Blackburn were offering me, but when you go to the training ground at Blackburn, you see this sort of size of the club. And Don't, don't be bigging them up too much on here, Tommy. No, but... <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah, one yeah. of them that I'm thinking... Like, no disrespect to Donny, but Rovers compared yeah, to Doncaster. When we're going to progress yeah. more... In my career, it's probably going to be at Blackburn and do you think, sort of signed there. And, do you think Donny sort of like saw their arse a little bit and that's why they sort of panicked and offered you the contract when they did? Maybe. I, I don't know. I spoke to the manager at the time, Paul Dickoff, who was like, oh, no, we've done everything we can. Or like, yeah, but you've had like since the start of May <laughs> and this is now like August to sort it out. And They've You've done not, yeah. So, um, you can't knock me for then for waiting that long, and when it's well, not in front of you, to go somewhere it's else. It's not like you've been sort of banging the manager door down, demanding anything, or no, no. going I ringing the chairman it. or anything like. That. You sort no. of just kept to your side of the bargain, cracked on, trained, done pre-season, and yeah. sort of, uh, I suspect. Uh, took them at their word that they would yeah. offer you something and not leave it to the last minute. Yeah, I mean, I played eight, eight, ninety minutes, I think, in that preseason. So it's like it's not like I'd said I'm not playing. I'm gonna look after myself, and I just like you said, I, I loved it there. It was great. Like, what, what more could you want? I just had the best moment of my career of, of winning a, a league title and. Like surrounded by great lads, like what more would you want going to work than that? Um, but then I had to start thinking about looking after myself a little bit, and it's when Blackburn phoned us. It were like, yeah, I need to, I need to jump at this because I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's not like you get that opportunity every every day either, is it? And no, nah. you know, I suppose coming off the back of. Uh, winning the league and, and having all that and those memories I suppose you can probably leave with your head held high at that point and, and be like do you know what I've had a good I've had a good do there got them back up to um, was it it was a championship wasn't it yeah yeah got them back up to the championship and yeah I'm, I'm going to leave knowing that I've I've given everything for the club and yeah we've achieved what we've, we've achieved yeah exactly so yeah that was that how how was your time at Rovers then? Yeah, good. I loved it. Um, it. When I first went, obviously, Gary Boyle was trying to sort out a lot of the kind of... He was basically trying to get a lot of the big owners out and bring new hungry lads in um, and change the mentality that was kind of within the club at the time. And in our first two years, we were, 
I think anyone that was there at the time, we should have got at least in the playoffs with the squads that we had in the first two years. Um, Didn't you have some? Um, wasn't Leon Best there when you were there? Leon Best was there, yeah, but he he left um, in my first year. All oh, right. Um, yeah, but he did start. He started the season, um, but like the first first two years, I think Rhodesy got twenty. 28 goals or summer. Um, you've got Tom Kearney, Ben Marshall, Corey Evans, Scott Dan, Grant Hanley. Like, some quality. Some Josh King. Like, how's that team not going to playoffs? Like, yeah. it's, and then the second year, we've had Rudy Stead, who got 20 odd goals. Jordan Rhodes got 20 odd goals again. Still with all them other players, and he still don't get in the playoffs. It's just, it still baffles me now. Um, it was amusing but, for me. I'm not going to lie. Well, yeah, probably. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, hey, it's one of them. It didn't yeah. happen. So obviously, ended up leaving Rovers and, and moving to North End. How did how did your time at Rovers come to an end? And how did the move to North End come about? Did you have any other options at the time? Or yeah, um, it, basically, my contract at Blackburn had come to an end, and they were in the process of finding a new manager. So they have to, they have, basically when, when someone's out of contract, the club has to tell the FA by a certain point who they're keeping and who they're not. And that point had gone past and they still not got a new manager. So they had to tell, I think, 11 of us that we'd been released, even though they wanted to keep five or six of us. Um, but they didn't tell us that. So I didn't see it until I seen it on the telly. <laughs> um, oh, that had been released. Um, but then Owen Coyle got the job and phoned us and were like, I want to offer you new contracts. And But by this point, I'd already spoke to Simon and kind of agreed and wanted to come to Preston. So um, I suppose, were you, yeah. were you living local to Blackburn at the time as well? Yeah, yeah, right so, next to the training ground. <laughs> Preston's like, it's, it's easy enough, isn't it, in terms of yeah. like locality. It's, what, 40 um, minutes? And I kind of... Knew a little bit about Simon anyway from like a family friend and stuff and spoke to him and kind of said, like, you'll love it here and what have you. So, um, Both Leeds boys, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So a bit of a no-brainer, really. I yeah. yeah. I knew, knew um, Preston was a good club and stuff. So, How how was Simon then? Obviously, like you say, then you, you'd spoken to him before the move and sort of knew a little bit about him through uh, close connections, <laughs> but... How was he to work with? And obviously, he had he had Glenn Snodding with him, and I've heard from loads of former players that Snod's was like the life of the dressing room at times. Yeah, he was um, he was lively with Snod's, but he, he could uh, saying that he did have a switch in him, where like he'd go the other way just as quick. Um, so he had to kind of be on his <laughs> on his good side, but no. I'd, they were good to work with, different, um, very structured in how kind of training was and how I wanted to play and things like that. Um, but I just, just my thing, I just I didn't feel like I could get going, um, especially in that first year when, when I'd signed, because I was under the impression that I'd, of the three that Simon liked playing and ended up playing left wing back and left wing at times, which... I couldn't do anymore. I, I, I was kind of at that point where I had to move inside and play centre half, and I felt like I couldn't. 
I couldn't show kind of what I was about because yeah. I couldn't I couldn't get up and down anymore. My leg I'd had a few injuries. My legs had kind of wouldn't allow me to to do the, that job anymore. Um, yeah, I think because it was you were always sort of like pretty tidy on the ball and like your quality on the ball was there, but like you say, just getting up and down, it wasn't nah, really, just, especially when you came to North End, it wasn't really yeah, your thing anymore. And nah, like you say, yeah. I think Simon had you at left back, left wing back and left wing. And I think, was there a game at Deepdale where he had, was it Greg Cunningham at left back? And I was left wing. You on the left wing. And, and I, rem- I actually remember that game against Barnsley. And I remember thinking as we were walking off at half time, like, why am I on? Why am I playing? Like, not not to be like that I didn't want to play because I did desperately, but I'm not helping the team because I'm never going to take anyone on. And you've got, I think it might have been Callum Robinson sat on bench. Like I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. Um, I felt, you know, when you just feel, I felt awkward playing there because I'd never played there, and I just didn't feel like. How Simon is as a manager, though, like he is sort of a little bit more pragmatic, perhaps than um, maybe other coaches that you've played under. Do you think maybe that was just him looking at maybe doubling down from a defensive point of view? Perhaps, yeah, perhaps. Um, Still don't agree with it, though. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I just, I just felt like I didn't get as much as I try. I just didn't feel like I could do myself justice in those positions at that point in my career, um, which didn't was get, frustrating. Didn't get a fair crack of the whip to sort of show no, what I, you can do. I'm not, not that I'm I'm not getting a violin out or anything, but I'm. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. I felt like I, I could have I could have shown myself, which I feel like I did the year after. Yeah. When I started at centre half, show what I could actually do. Um, but it just felt like I'd wasted a year when you first go to a club and not made the impression that I wanted to make. Yeah, it's it's not it's not an ideal way to start life at a new club, is it? No, not playing um, left wing. No. <laughs> <laughs> was it the first season that um, Aidan McGeady was there when you were there, or was yes. it the second? What yes. what was what was he like to play with? Um. Yeah, it was an unbelievable talent, wasn't it? Um, he could do things that probably no one else in the squad could do, and you could see why he played at such a top top level. Yeah, um, scored some unbelievable goal. Um, yeah, he could give him the ball and let him do basically what he wanted. Um, so yeah, different. Yeah, I think that's that's one way of putting it. Um, in terms of sort of Simon's time at the club then did you ever feel like as as a group we were in a position to sort of push for the playoffs and and give that a real good go or did you did you maybe just feel like especially having just got promoted out of league one that it was maybe a bit we'll just consolidate we're happy to sort of stay mid-table and, and stay in the league and then we'll look to build on that in the future um I think, well, having said that, I was going to say no, but then I think, were it goal difference or did we need the results to go our way on the last day of my first season there? Something that, like that. That was under Alex, that. Ah, right. That was yeah. Alex's first season. Well, 
on this I, I was going to say no, but then when that became even clearer when Alex came in, I think that the change that he that he made with the same players and playing in a completely different way, like it was night and day. Yeah, was, I think it was that first season and a half, maybe two seasons. Nah, nah I'd say longer actually, because um, I think up until COVID hitting. Even then, we were still like we were still pushing for the playoffs. Yeah, uh, no, Alex Neil were brilliant. How how was that uh, in terms of from your point of view? You, you've you've joined North End. You've heard stuff about Simon from sort of like family connections and whatever, and you've built that relationship with Simon. And you come in for pre season, and he's gone to Sunderland on the first day. Like, what what are you thinking as a as a as an individual and as a group of lads? It was just a bit. It was just a bit strange because he was there. He was at the training ground. And then <laughs> we'd obviously all gone in. That's been at a certain time. And then we looked out our window and his car had gone. <laughs> I mean, you can't. Where's the gaffer it's, gone? Yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? Like, he's obviously got an opportunity to probably double his money. And, like, yeah. as, as much as football fans don't like to hear it, like, you get offered double your money to go work, do the same job. But you're no, probably I, going to face it. I get it. I've spoken to him. Um, I had him on during lockdown, and he he said like you know most most people in football, especially managers, will always bat themselves to go and do a yeah. job at a club. And he was like, I, I bat myself to go to Sunderland and be the one that could turn it around. Obviously, yeah, and because he had happen, always done a good job, hadn't he? Yeah. It always sort of steadied the ship and they were a basket case, let's be honest. So, yeah. yeah, you can see why he went, but I can't imagine it would have been sort of the most <laughs> streamlined start to pre-season no. for you boys. No, it was a bit strange, but then Tomo and, and Kells were still there and they had the utmost respect to everyone that were there. So it kind of just crack on and Tom Little was the fitness coach who everyone respected and it, we're working we're working fine and we actually thought that they might have had a chance of getting the the job um, but then quickly Alex Alex came in um, yeah, Peter didn't hang around appointing him did he no no it was um, someone took a picture of him outside the, the stadium and they were like looks like Alex Neal's the next manager but yeah yeah, I mean, he's. Uh, I've been on. I've been a North End fan all my life, and um, you know, like playoff semi-finals, playoff finals. Billy Davis as manager, David Moyes. Um, but I think Alex is up there for me, probably alongside. I was maybe a little bit too young to remember the David Moyes times too vividly, but I think Alex's first season, especially when when we just missed out on the playoffs, that's up there yeah. alongside some of the. The Billy Davis memories for me. But how how was Alex to work with for you? So when he first came in, he definitely wasn't having me or Hunt. He it just wasn't. You could just you can just tell straight away. And preseason, they usually put like a strong. There's usually a strong team playing a game, and the ones that aren't going to play in a game. And me and Hunt were always in the team that weren't going to play. Like you just knew. Um, but me and Hunt's done that well in pre-season. It quickly changed and we ended up starting that season. 
Um, I think didn't he? He brought Darnell in. Um, yeah. He I think Darnell was his first signing, but then I think, like you say, wasn't it you and Hunts that were the two centre backs to start yeah, that he, season? In pre-season, he was he was working a lot with Ben Davis and uh, Andy uh, Andy Boyle. Um, but then, like I say, we I think it was a game against we played Burnley pre-season and. I'd done really well, and and then we played another game, and he he wanted us to play in a certain way, and like wanting his centre house to be able to pass in a certain way, and I was kind of ticking his boxes as it went, and I remember I came back that preseason stupidly fit, even more so than I ever had done before, because um, I wanted to give it a good massive crack of the whip, because if not, I thought oh, well, I'm going to go somewhere else and play games if I'm not going to be involved. Um, but he ended up starting us and we were flying at starts. I think we had we kept two clean sheets the first two games. At Chef Wednesday we beat we drew at Leeds with ten men. Um then we played Derby and lost one nil to a penalty. Um might have played another game and won. And then he left us out. And I was just like, Why? Like, I don't understand. I'm flying. Done like, well. Like yeah. feeling good. Yeah, like I'd I, couldn't get it. I was just like, I, so I went and just asked him, like, oh, why, why, why? I don't understand why I'm not playing. <laughs> like, I said, said, I think I've been one of your better players. Um, he said, Yeah, you have. I'm like, all right, thanks. <laughs> it was just like, just, he said, It's just how I work. He said, We just do horses. I do horses for courses. He said, Ben Davis, they, whoever we were playing on the Saturday, had someone wrap it up front. And he said, Like, so Ben Davis is better suited for that game. I went, oh, fair enough. What At least he's been up front with you. Oh, it? yeah. That's what I mean. Lads yeah. can accept that. Yeah. And but <laughs> just just for my look, Ben Davis were unbelievable and I couldn't get him out of the team then. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the end. I think he wasn't he, hadn't he all but agreed to move to Fleetwood that summer and then Simon left. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I remember Alex came in and said, one of the first things he said to the press um, was that he'd, he'd actually been scouting Ben Davis when he was at Norwich. Yeah. Um, and that he was a big fan of him and he was going nowhere. And then, like you said, you you started the season and I think people were looking, thinking, like, is he really that big of a fan of Ben Davis? Like, no disrespect to you, but, like, he started Tommy Spurter and then, like you say, out of nowhere, dropped you. Out of nowhere, dropped you and couldn't get, couldn't get Ben out of the team. Nah, it's, that's that's football though. You, you, yeah, you can accept it. If someone's been that good, you have to kind of be like, "What? What can you do?" Yeah. yeah, I think I played a couple more games. I think Ben might have been injured, and again, done done well. But because of how well he'd done, he were always going to come back in, and I knew that. So it were always it was just one of them. Like, yeah, and then to be fair, I did my yeah. knee. Yeah, I snapped my knee in a training game as well. Oh, was um, it training? Yeah, it was... Um, I didn't realise Alex that. Alex used to like... So, if you didn't play on the Saturday, he'd always arrange a game through the week for the lads that had not played, which I liked because you felt like you were still getting your match sharpness and stuff. And um, I think a, a trialist from Oldham fell over, slipped on top of the ball and landed on the side of my knee and snapped my medial or fuming. Jesus, a trialist as well. Not like maybe if it was one of the lads, you'd maybe have been a little bit more forgiving. But oh, fuming! Oh, mate. Like, 
I, I don't know who he was, but he, he literally fell over. And like, I was, you know, when you're behind someone, like tracking him, and he literally yeah. fell, and my foot was stuck underneath him. So when he collapsed in, I was just like, oh, brilliant. Cheers. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a shit at that. Yeah, obviously, the, the lads at, at North End when you were there, and there's still a fair few of them at the club now, but they, they all seem like a pretty good group. Where, where yeah, do they, they rank in terms of like groups that you've been involved in? Yeah, they were good, just a all round good set of lads. Like I knew Clarky before I came, no, not know him personally, but I played against him all through academy when he was at Uddersfield, and we played against each other all his career. So I knew, I knew Hunts as well from that similar situation when he was at Newcastle. Um, but yeah, just this good set of young lads that worked, they worked hard. Um, fit, young, hungry lads that wanted to try and do well, and I think nearly pulled some off that would have been unbelievable with like the the investment perhaps that they didn't have really, yeah, but the lack nearly, of investment. But then to nearly get in the playoffs yeah. with with that after selling whoever. As well, well, I think that that first season um, <clears throat> we missed out. I think it was by one point, and I think mm-hmm. it, it came down to the game that we played against Derby. Um, Chris Maxwell was beaten by, I think it was a Tom Lawrence free kick at his near post. Yeah. And then Brownie had a penalty. I don't know if he had a penalty saved or he missed it. And I think if we'd have drawn that, in fact, no, we might not We might not have had a good enough goal difference, but whatever it was, we missed out on one point, and I think if we'd have scored the pen and won that derby game. Mm. Obviously, Maxi doesn't get beat at his near post. Then that's playoffs. First season for Alex. And like you said, the, uh, that's at a club that doesn't really spend a lot of money. Um, no, it was, it was honestly, like for me personally, like I know everyone has their own opinion on stuff, but for me personally working under him, and this is someone who didn't play all the time either, which I think says a lot, like how he was in terms of speaking to you, his training, how he dissected the other team, how he didn't kind of worry about the other team. It was more how are you going to hurt the other team rather than what are they, how are they going to hurt us and then how are we going to stop it. It'd be more offensively kind of get after teams. And yeah. His intensity was, was very good. I think that's something that maybe... Some people look back at Alex's time and say, oh, yeah, he focused too much on the opposition, but I don't think a lot of people give too much thought to the fact that, like you say, he focuses on the opposition from the point of view of how can we go about hurting yeah. them, not oh, how are we going to nullify them, but mm-hmm. what are our strengths, what are their weaknesses, and let's go and target their weaknesses. I remember might have been Wolves away, you know, the year they went up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brownie got sent off, didn't he? Yeah, but I remember I was set up that that week and I I weren't involved, but I was still watching, obviously, the meeting and stuff. I remember thinking, why are you going going after these, like, away at Molyneux when they're 20 points clear? Like, yeah, you're saying what they're good at, but you're saying, right, this is, we're going to get after them because of this is why, because of almost use what they're good at against them. Um, Like, I remember. I think it was, I think it was the season after you left. We went to Ellen Road, 
on Boxing Day. Um, yeah, we're on telly, wasn't it? Yeah, and we're absolutely unbelievable. And I think it was like the 92nd minute or something, they equalised and it finished 1-1. But again, Bra- Brownie scored. And you could just tell the the intensity and the preparation and the way that we were playing. And like you say, that Wolves game, I think there was the Fulham game as well. Um, yeah. Where another Chris Maxwell howler <laughs> cost us points. Well, I'm, I'm good mates with Tom. Well, not good mates, but like mates with Tom Kearney at Fulham. And remember when we came off after the end of that game and he said, we effing hate playing you lot. You're horrible to play against. It's, it's the hardest game that we have. Because they just passed around teams, but they couldn't do it against against Preston because of how he wanted them to, to get after them. So. Yeah. Did you ever, as a group feel that we could make the playoffs yeah 100% 100% believed in yourselves and, and the manager and everything yeah. that he was doing and yeah I think definitely that second that was this no the, the, definitely that the first the first year Alex was there obviously the second year I went I'd gone on loan and then I was dealing with my injury and stuff so I, I didn't really have that much involvement in hearing what was going on but that first first season, he, he was there a hundred percent. Like it was, it was definitely the target. Did do you have any surprise now to see Ben Davis playing in the Champions League, Piero playing in the Prem, Robbo doing really well? He's played in the Prem. Like Jordan, big big huge yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, you know, looking back, is it is it any surprise to you to see they've gone on and done what they've done? No, no. I think for me, anyway. Like I, <laughs> a lot of lads don't think like this, but I enjoy seeing good lads do well and lads that work out. Like Jordan, come from where he's come from to get those moves is because he's worked hard and he's done well, so he deserves it. Same with he's, Callum. He's a, Callum he's a good hard. lad, isn't he, Jordan? I've had yeah. him on here. Uh, yeah. Farted his way through the episode. <laughs> Horrible, man. I don't think... He had, a, he had AirPods in, and I assume he thought that we couldn't hear it, but it was... Oh, yeah, he's a great lad. Um, same with Piero and Devo. Like, yeah. Just good lads. Like, they deserve, they've done well, so they deserve to get rewarded for doing well, and you can't knock them. Yeah, and I think as well, like, I don't know maybe he, if you feel the same, but I, I know, again, speaking to Jordan and I had Piero on two summers ago, um, they both feel like Alex improved them as players. Um, yeah. I know I know they said that that's the same for Callum, same for Ben Davis. Do you, even do you feel like Alex improved you as a player? Yeah, I think if, again, I wouldn't have got the injury with my knee even even when I left and went to Fleetwood like it's the sort of principles that he was instilling in the group that you can take on individually as well is definitely something I'd have carried on with because I felt like it worked and it was helping sort of how I played so 100% yeah yeah um, final few questions then what, what's your favourite memory from your time at North End? I think that 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 
I know it's, it's not really a big, big thing in terms of like everything, but I think turning that that around with Hunts in pre-season to then starting against my old club, Sheffield Wednesday, and, and be, winning that game and then going to Leeds and drawing 0-0 with 10 men, where I'm from Leeds, my family are all Leeds fans, and having that sort of, I know it's only a couple of weeks of sort of games, but you take pride in those like clean sheets as a centre-half and to do it at Ellen Road when you're down to 10 men were, were good. But being part of that group, that a young, hungry group that could have done something special was, was good to be a part of. Yeah. Have you got any regrets from your time at the club? No. I, honestly, no. I, I think as much as... Yeah, I don't think I could have done sort of any more because I knew and I'd had that conversation before I signed that I couldn't get up and down anymore. Yeah, doing runs in pre-season is completely different to doing it in a game at a different intensity. And I think because I'd done well pre-season at running, oh, you can still do it. It's completely different. Um, and I just wish I, I just wish I'd have got that opportunity to, to play centre-half because I think I could have offered something a lot more than perhaps I should, which that's probably my only regret. Yeah. Who was the best player that you played with at the club? Um... Piero and, and Davo I think I never got the chance to actually play with Ben Davis um, Well he was playing in your position wasn't he? Well he, he mixed the centre ass around a bit and we never actually got a combo together being two left footers um, but I used to love watching Piero play I thought he was brilliant Yeah he's I mean I've seen like he's good players. Brown is a good player and Galley like, Yeah Galley Galley yeah yeah I just used to love Piero's attitude towards yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> never forget, sat in here, sat in my office one like, Thursday or Friday night, and I get this email Ben Pearson at Hotmail, whatever it was. <laughs> Can I come on the podcast? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I'm like, surely this is someone winding me up. There's no way nah. he's, he's emailed me. And I emailed back, gave him my number, and I was like, oh, will you just message me and I'll, I'll WhatsApp you, kind of thing. Got a message about an hour later and it was him. I was like, what? Why, why have you emailed me on a Friday night about coming on the podcast? But he did it. Um, and yeah, it was, I think it's our best ever episode we've ever done. Um, I thought he didn't hold back, did he? <laughs> no. <laughs> I had to cut a few bits as well, but yeah, the less said about them, the better. Um, if no, I ask, go on. Just, just to talk about it, like the, a lot of clubs kind of when you've finished or you're no use to them kind of thing they kind of just discard you and you've forgotten whereas the people at, at Preston I think have been they've been brilliant with me since the new I had to retire and Ben Rhodes Hannah um, at the, and, on the media side and like the staff and Jack or Tom Little um, like helping us out afterwards Um Letting us do a bit of commentary, still try to keep me involved a little bit, and so far it's 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 just good people. Um, they didn't need to do appreciated everything that they did, kind of to help us out with that. It just shows what what good people are at the club. Yeah, last one, and I ask everyone this, and it's the one that usually gets the most groans. 
if you had to name your five-a-side team from players that you played with at North End, who's in it? And I think only one person has ever included themselves. No, I wouldn't. Um, uh, oh. Callum Robinson, just because he just shoots from anywhere. Um, Piero, that's two. Uh, Galli, um, Clarkie, and... Oh, I need a goalie, don't I? Who who did you play with at North End? <laughs> Maxi, Deck, Maxi. Yeah, oh yeah, Deck, Deck. Um, yeah. Were you there when? No, Jordan Pitford was in. No, you would you? No, Pitford went. Uh, it was what's his name from Man United? Oh, Sam Johnston. No. Oh, uh, Anders Lindegaard. Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, easily forgotten. I don't think it'll be listening. Yeah. The Deck, um, Clarky, Galley, Piero and Robbo. Yeah, decent, decent. Um, yeah, Tommy, thanks very much for your time. Much appreciated. Oh, you. Yeah, if you've got any, any final words and anything that you want to say about the fundraising that's coming up, then I'm quite happy for you to remind people no. of anything that's coming up, if you want, or we can... Just, just that I pre- we, we as a family appreciate sort of everyone that's helped in any way shape or form and you know if if you can keep spreading the word and trying to help what we're trying to do we'd really appreciate it and if you can come down to Ribchester it should be a good day for the kids for everyone else involved and you might still see some half decent footballers or not <laughs> well park, parking brownie are there then are they there no they've got a live show otherwise they'd be playing uh shit houses um, <laughs> yeah Tommy thanks very much really appreciate oh, it you. really enjoyed that <laughs>